Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, it's Nick Hausman here. Rumor and innuendo, and I'm Robert Carpolis of WWE Creative-ish, and also rumor and innuendo. And hell of a day to have a news-related television show, broadcast, podcast, whatever. This is theory. No kidding. All right. Well, the comment section is open. Everybody, we got some stuff to talk about here today, and let's just get right on into it. This morning, the announcement was made: the WWE is headed to Netflix, five hundred million dollars. Uh, a year for 10 years uh, with the option on Netflix's end to opt out after five years or extend for another 10 years. Uh, Robert, your thoughts? Surprised that this deal uh, came about, that it was so quiet up until this was uh, announced. I know that there were there was talk at one point, are they going to wind up at Warner Discovery? Are they going to wind up staying with USA? Are they going to go over to ESPN? Netflix did not seem like they were particularly interested or enamored with uh, WWE, it's a huge blockbuster announcement for them. Uh, I think I'd said before I was surprised if we're always going to go to a streaming platform just because it does limit the overall audience that can view their product. But at $500 million a year, I think it's worth the risk for them. Yeah, uh, big deal. Uh, certainly secures WWE's position uh, in the marketplace for many, many years to come. Uh, Overexceeded a lot of Wall Street expectations. You see TKO. Uh, stock is surging this morning, as is Endeavor. Stock is uh, up slightly because of this announcement as well. Um, uh, also of note here, the deal doesn't start until January 2025. So, of course, NBC Universal, uh, their current deal uh, to stay on USA Network ex- uh, expires in October 2024. So there's a brief period in there right now where uh, we don't really know where Raw is going to exist. And it doesn't really sound like they know where it's going to exist either. No, but they still have the relationship with NBC Universal. SmackDown is going to be on USA. So it behooves USA to keep the good graces of WWE, keep the product aware. So there may be some sort of a bridge deal between October and January for, for Raw to continue to air. Yeah, um, it's also going to make Netflix the new home for WWE Raw in uh, not just the United States, but Canada, the United Kingdom, Latin America, and more. It'll also uh, make Netflix the home for all WWE shows outside of the United States, including fellow weekly shows SmackDown and NXT, as well as annual live events like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and the Royal Rumble, as well as documentaries, original series, and additional projects. So, uh, a large basket of WWE goods here, uh, part of this Netflix bundle. Part of the complicated situation with WWE are their international rights, whether it's the deals for Raw, SmackDown, their syndicated programming. 
uh, where they're available in some markets. They're only available, I believe, on, on subscription or streaming services. So this is probably going to give them a broader audience across the globe, even as it does theoretically shrink a little bit the audience of who's going to be able to watch it domestically. Yeah, we got Michael Burgett here asking, does this mean that the WWE Network overseas is going away with this Netflix deal? Um, not sure. Uh, I mean, it would it would seem that way uh, if you're going to be carrying so much other content in all these different markets. But, you know, there's so many markets. I know that, you know, Nick Khan and the WWE have made specific deals with with, with smaller uh, outlets. And I'm not really sure how, you know, Netflix is a very large uh, umbrella, but I'm not exactly sure how uh, much their reach is. The interesting thing about this is going to be how this is going to change the look and feel of Raw going forward. They no longer are beholden to a strict three-hour time frame. You can have overruns. You can end shorter. I don't think any of the deals thus far have said what the advertising split is going to be. Currently, WWE, with their USA Network deal, as I had previously with, with Spike, is they owned a pretty good chunk of their advertising inventory. This is sort of the first foray for Netflix into a live weekly streaming show. They had done the, the Chris Rock special before, but this is them really dipping their toe in. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what the ad breakdown is going to look like. Yeah, we also have Christopher Zanto here. Uh, I just hate paying for Raw. It's a horrible show for free. Uh, you know, that's an opinion in the second part. But I do see a lot of people. Uh, I think it's the Netflix package is like $22 now that uh, that may encompass Raw here. I don't know. I haven't looked at how much I'm actually paying for Netflix in quite some time. I just give them my card. Uh, but I know some people are uh, upset with the hurdle now of having to pay to watch uh, WWE content. It's a hurdle that people are feeling across the board. Uh, as a as a Dolphins fan, I had to watch Peacock in order to watch their playoff game, which I know upset a lot of people. And the coverage for Peacock is nowhere near what it is for Netflix. You know, we're looking at 2025. When you buy a television set now, there's usually a Netflix button on your remote. It's kind of baked in. I think if anything, this is the sky is falling for cable more than it is. I don't know what the landscape's going to look like with Netflix and the WWE. Yeah, Cadillac Carson here saying, I would love it if uh, it went back to two hours, uh, but it likely won't happen. I have no idea if um, the move to a streaming service will um, give them any reason to shorten the show. Um, I mean, it's not like they're paying for advertisers to air during the show, I guess, unless are they? I, I mean, I that's the thing we don't know. We don't know what the commercial breakdown is going to look like. The impetus for doing three hours is you can sell three hours of ads if Netflix wants it two hours and it makes sense for WWE, then then so be it. You're also going to see on Netflix, you can say and show things you can't show on, on cable or, or network television. And if you don't have advertisers that you need to worry about, you could have potentially a slightly edgier, more adult WWE presentation if they so desire. Yep. And we got Ken Hanley here saying Netflix has a ton of partnerships too. some phone contracts come with free subscriptions. Free trials are offered with almost any major retail purchase and the shows are going to be easier to find on the fly. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of this. I've been looking forward to WWE moving one of its major shows over to a streaming platform for a while, just because it's how most people take in their content now. Um, and also just with WWE in general, like I mentioned, I don't know, recently on the show, when they launched the WWE Network, they were uh, ahead of the curve. I believe only Major League Baseball had really kind of gotten into the um, you know OTT streaming service space at that time. Uh, similarly, here uh, we're looking at you know other sports leagues like the NFL, the NBA that have started to stream live on services. Um, but you know, in the entertainment space, um, 
WWE again, the first through the door. And this is what they like to do. They like to show people that they're ahead of the curve. Um, and with Triple H in charge right now, I'm not surprised that he wanted to do um, and, and Nick Khan to, to kind of do something similar to show that they are very much of that ilk. Wrestling is always the stalking horse. You go all the way back to the formation of television. The DuMont Network was sort of built in part because it aired live wrestling. The syndication model was bolstered almost entirely by the, the wrestling bicycle system that they had, the drive to cable, whether it was NWA on or, or Crockett on TBS or WWF, WWE on USA. They, are, they like to push forward and be cutting edge. And the nice thing is Netflix... Very safe bet for them. It's not like they're taking a chance on a new platform. This isn't like their endeavors we've seen with Tout. Uh, WWE Network was an uphill battle. It was a boulder that was being pushed up a hill for, for many, many years. I was part of the WWE 24-7 team uh, when we were developing that with the idea of someday it becoming a network. This is a huge win for Netflix because if this is successful, and there's no reason to think it won't be, they're going to be able to go after a lot more live sports going forward. It's gonna be weird. I don't know what the Peacock deal is, um, or or when exactly that expires. I I don't. It doesn't come up the same time as the TV rights. Um, so I'd be interested to see is like are Peacock, uh, and Hulu going to retain next day TV rights for WWE Raw? Uh, that seems really that would seem very weird to watch it live on Netflix and then have to go somewhere else to find the replay of it. That is going to be tough. I think they like the fact that all of their libraries eventually wind up under one umbrella. There's going to be a lot more questions than answers, but based on the enthusiasm, based on the stock price, everything we're seeing right now, it is uh, it's high fives all around. Yes. Uh, well, and on the note of WWE business, uh, TKO Group Holdings added two new members to their board of directors. Uh, of course, everybody's very excited about Brad Kewell joining the board. Uh, but more importantly, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has officially joined the TKO Group Holdings uh, board of directors. He was at Wall Street this morning. He rang the bell. To kick off the day at the New York uh, the New York Stock Exchange, um, I'm unsurprised by this. Uh, interestingly, I feel somewhat uh, vindicated because as soon as I heard this news, uh, you know, when it dropped, I guess early last year, my first thought was The Rock had a big hand in putting this together. Um, there was a lot of motivation, I feel like, for Dwayne Johnson to uh, see WWE brought under the Ende Endeavor umbrella. Uh, I think for his own legacy and stability and the way he's presented, I think it was a good fit. But you also look at how um, he took care of Vince McMahon in the XFL. Um, and now that's his own little whatever he's doing with it. Um, I, I just think there was a lot of incentive here for Dwayne to have these two parties married together. Uh, of course, Vince was right by his side at the New York Stock Exchange this morning, helping him to ring in that bell, sans the mustache. Very creepy still. Um but yeah, you know, this doesn't surprise me at all to see Dwayne sitting at the board because from the from the get go, uh, I have always thought that Dwayne had a a large investment in this and a want for this all to come together. I was surprised that it did take this long as well. I had sort of guessed on this even back when Vince first stepped down that you were going to see The Rock be a constant for them. He is arguably the the largest movie star in the world. It changes the dynamic of WrestleMania going forward because before we thought we only get one bite at the apple. We got to fit the rock into the movie schedule that he has because he has so many different projects going on. Now that he's on the board, he has a significant financial stake in the future success of the company. There is definitely the possibility that rock and Roman could happen as a one-off event doesn't necessarily have to happen at WrestleMania. And then rock goes away. 
he is in it for the long haul for the financial success of the WWE. I think it takes a little bit of the pressure off of Hunter in terms of how they're going to book Mania. Yeah, and it it adds another wrinkle to him and Roman Reigns, right? With Roman at the head of the table and now Dwayne literally sitting at the board of directors table. Um, it also it gives me kind of EVP vibes over from like the Bucks and Cody, how they can now uh, not just wrestle, but they can also kind of tout their backstage influence as part of their presentation. I'll be interested to see how it affects just the way he's perceived and the way he carries himself, right? You know, is is he going to be a kind of a Vince McMahon foil figure for for a Steve Austin character type character down the road? I don't know. I, I, it's just a new dynamic for for Dwayne Johnson. I think being on the board of TKO, it's it's not quite being an EVP. You're you're not really getting your hands into the dirt day in and day out, but you do want to see the success of the company overall. It's going to help. WWE and UFC because they're going to be able to probably package the rock when they do advertising deals. He can be part of commercials going forward. He can be part of media presentations. It's a smart move for, for rock, especially as the returns of some of his box office uh, numbers of late have been a little soft. This really has fortified him as a major business presence. Him and Ari Emanuel were also on CNBC this morning, side by side being interviewed it's a great look for him. It's a great look for WWE and their future stability. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, it, it's a big win all around here. And, and I'll throw back to Ken Hanley here. He says, The Rock has a developmental deal with Netflix. No, would make sense if he increased his involvement with the product as he gets older and doesn't have to deal with negative metrics. Uh, and then Black Adam in um, uh, quote, uh, parentheses there at the bottom. The thing about The Rock also in this situation is he really did uh, have some setbacks here between the Black Adam stuff, and there was a whole bunch of controversy around that. XFL, uh, I believe, is uh, merged with the USFL to create some kind of UXL or whatever it's called. Into the UFL, yeah. UFL. So it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good move for Dwayne at a time where he needs to look uh, like a blockbuster, powerful leader, bankable star. I think this put him in an excellent light and certainly uh, has people talking about something that is not one of the, uh, you know, I don't want to say failures, but uh, missteps, I would say, in his career uh, more recently over the past year or so. He's had some dings over the past year, which he's managed to avoid for the last 20-plus years. One of the interesting side notes in this, I guess he gets the rights back to his name, The Rock. Yeah. Which was always a thorn in, in his side that Vince controlled the name The Rock and he had to kind of rebrand himself as Dwayne Johnson. So the the marketing opportunities for that for him personally makes this a, a really smart decision. Well, and as all this uh, good news around WWE is flowing out this morning, uh, Monthly Purasau, who uh, has a close uh, finger on the pulse of all things New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Japanese Pro Wrestling scene. Uh, they noted that Okada is likely headed to WWE, and not only that, he'll potentially start his WWE career in NXT. Man, that just sounds weird to say out loud, um, but it, it's where the tea leaves are. That's what they're saying right now. I've reached out to some people in WWE to get their thoughts on it. Haven't heard back yet from them. I'm sure I will this afternoon. Um, I know Dijak jumped into the conversation on, on Twitter this morning saying he doesn't care about Okada unless he shows up in NXT and he has the title. That could very well be in the future. Um, but yeah, more good news. And I believe some uh, eagle-eyed viewers on Raw spotted his translator uh, over CM Punk's shoulder in like the background shot of like he was just talking to somebody next to a production case. Uh, but yeah, it was like if you, <laughs> very eagle-eyed people noticed that Okada's translator appeared to be in the building last night at Raw. So 
lot of lot of lot of smoke around the fire that is Okada to WWE. Certainly feels like the timing on this would align. We talked about it, how to roll out Okada if he were to go to WWE. I had suggested a press conference with Triple H. I think a press conference with Triple H and The Rock side by side with Okada, putting over that this is a major blockbuster signing. That is instantly a made man. And and I don't know when NXT transitions over to CW, but October. maybe in October. So maybe that is the impetus to make him the face of uh, the CW. I just, I think it's a style thing. I think, I think that uh, he's so ingrained in the new Japan style and it's just different. You know, one of the things that I've heard about talents that are leaving Japan and debating between WWE and AEW is do they want to learn the WWE style, right? Do they want to be more story? They want to, do they want to learn how to tell stories in the ring? I, I hate to say better stories because I'm going to piss a lot of AEW fans off that way, but you know, there's a system over in WWE where they bring you in, they acclimate you, they show you how they do things and they, they get into the, they, they work closely with their producers to really kind of put together matches to tell a specific kind of story. AEW, uh, I have not heard that that process is 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 the same in place. There's a lot of people kind of just doing what they they know to have found successful, doing it their style, and you do get more variety in matches, but you don't get the the kind of same consistency. I feel like that you see with WWE content. So, I bottom line, I know that going to NXT, going to the Performance Center, learning those skills are something that a lot of talent that have spent a lot of time in New Japan, where they don't put the emphasis on sports entertainment, are are really actively interested in learning those skills i think it's beyond just the the storytelling skills which are absolutely critical to be able to learn how to tell that it's also understanding the camera movements you're working with a totally different setup than what there is in new japan where your hard cam is where your side cams are what cues you need to work you don't want to learn that on the fly on television so getting a chance to learn it at the performance center home what your responsibilities are and yeah there are guys who bristle under it we see now the, the grizzled young veterans are thriving in, in TNA. It seemed like they were not a huge fan of what that NXT system looked like, but there are probably a number of names that you could think of that you see on Dynamite that they could use a little bit more in the storytelling department than what they're currently getting. Yep, and uh, we have Ken here again saying, I could see Okada going to NXT if it becomes a full-on touring brand. Okada is a star, could be the biggest fish in a small pond, but Full Sail seems the smallest pond for him. I, you know, I There has been a lot of buzz about NXT hitting the road again. And, you know, if you're looking to sell tickets and this would be more markets that are kind of their B or C level markets that they just want to show some attention to. Right. Like you're going to those A markets right now for those big raws and pay-per-views and stuff. Um, certainly a way to, to ensure that you're going to sell fifteen hundred to two thousand tickets if you drop Okada into a, a, like a college uh, arena type situation. Plenty of guys that came over went to NXT and did well. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura. There is a blueprint for taking someone who was not part of the WWE style, letting them establish themselves in NXT, then going to the main roster and becoming big stars. Yeah, Cadillac Carson here saying, also learning to point at the WrestleMania sign. Kind of important thing to know. It's true. It's true, Carson. You got to learn how to do that. Um, a lot of people, yeah, Dre Owens here, Okada versus Trick for NXT title by SummerSlam. There's a lot of opponent. Look, it's a fun time to, to be in NXT. I think Okada would really help elevate some of those talents but man it is a while to think about especially because i think about i was there when cody came back at wrestlemania 38 in my head i just you know i've, I've seen okada come out so many times he always feels like elvis he always feels like such a big deal in my head i see him with the pyro with the money falling from the sky and it's a big deal to, to see him in nxt out the gate 
would be a little jarring for me. As much as I see the benefits to it, it'd just be jarring. It would, but the problem right now, we keep using that term embarrassment of riches, there are so many top-tier names on Raw and SmackDown that even guys like Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, who are main event-style talents, are not getting the same kind of exposure because you have Cody, you have Seth, you have now Gunther seems to have been elevated. Damian Priest is someone they seem to be focused on. You've got The Rock back. Brock Lesnar possibly back in the fold. Orton, AJ. There's so many names. You don't want to lose Okada in the mix. And if they put him on Raw or SmackDown and he's not immediately a main eventer, people are going to be calling for Hunter's head. <laughs> but for, just off on a side note, I'm, I'm a little distracted here. I have a friend who works at Netflix that is not a wrestling person. And he just found out about all this and is blowing up my phone right now with excitement about this huge acquisition. And I think this just made an employee of Netflix a wrestling fan, which I just thought was a weird thing. It's totally changed the outlook of Netflix going forward. They are now a major powerhouse in live streaming, and they got the only property outside of professional sports that people tune in for live every single week. There's nothing else out there. They weren't going to get the NBA rights deal. We talked about that with Warner Discovery and ESPN and how much that costs. Hockey is not moving the needle. Baseball is not moving the needle. Football is already locked up with Prime and Peacock. This was the only game in town, and Netflix really swooped in. Um, well, um, WWE Raw was last night. Uh, Seth Rollins kicked off the show uh, teary-eyed, uh, confirming that he had torn his MCL, uh, partially torn his meniscus. Uh, he said the doctors have all but told him he was going to be out past WrestleMania, but he is declining to release the title. He is going to do everything in his power to make it to the ring and defend this title at WrestleMania, which, if you watched yesterday's show, was like I said, like a total possibility, right? Seth Rollins is not going to give this up. He has worked way, 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 way too hard to get to this point. You're 90 yards down the football field. You don't want to drop at the 10 yard line. Uh, I'm not sh shocked at all. I hope he doesn't hurt himself. Obviously at the risk of, of losing my credibility as the WWE shill on a big WWE positive news day, the single largest distraction throughout raw was Seth Rollins is in the center of the ring with a hurt knee, and Damian Priest doesn't even tease cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase. It felt like a complete lapse. Maybe it's because they were so focused on this Netflix deal that they weren't paying attention to that huge gaping hole in logic, but it took me out of the entire show. I couldn't stop thinking about it either. I really couldn't, and I'm with you. I was watching the main event, and I... Here's the thing. I was actually like, I was pretty, I was pretty exhausted last night. I was like, you know what? I'll watch the last half hour in the morning. And then I was like, no, wait, Damian Priest, main event. He's got the money in the bank. They started the show with Seth putting over how horribly injured he is. You might have to write a new world champion post here at the end of the show. And I watched it. And instead we got an R-Truth angle, which I thought was very odd. Um, yes, it was, it was distracting and, um, I hope, I hope it gets addressed at some point. Cause it I like the, I like the R-Truth angle. Cause again, you're still setting up the, he's the endearing, uh, you know, comedic foil that eventually Damian Priest is going to murder on TV and give him the heel. He, he needs to be a main event monster. It was just strange and distracting, especially when you had Rhea browbeating Priest for lack of focus and then don't even call out the, the briefcase. But on the plus side, You've now established Gunther as a potential winner of the Rumble. Probably won't win, but at least hey, it's another name that we weren't considering. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought Gunther, and it looks like they're positioning uh, Jey Uso as Gunther's opponent for WrestleMania, just because he's 
you know, the de facto third man with Biggie out here against Imperium. Um, Kofi and Woods seem to be at odds with Vinci and um, and and Ludwig. So look, uh, Jey Uso versus Gunther at WrestleMania for the IC title. That could be very exciting. That could be a, that you know people want Jay to get that big moment. He's never won a singles title. It makes a lot of sense. It does surprise me though that the rumors of Brock coming back. I thought Brock and Gunther was going to be the Mania match, but Gunther and Jay Uso makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, and you can really just pair Brock with anybody, right? I mean, he's gonna and it seems like he's fine working with anybody. Hell, he fought Omas. This past year. Um, well, two guys that really um, grabbed everybody's attention last night and really sold the rumble for this Saturday night were Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. <laughs> it was a little, it did, it did make me giggle that this was entirely rooted in your father was Dusty Rhodes, which is the, I don't know, kind of uh, uh, stereotypical Cody Rhodes promo exchange. A lot of people have picked up on these days, but I thought it was well done. I liked, I liked getting to know a little bit about their history um, I like that they didn't get into a big fight at the end. And yeah, it's just going to be a very interesting men's rumble this year. A lot of a lot of very credible uh, contenders going in. It's another story that's rooted in reality. But unlike what we've seen, again, I don't want to pile on, but again, what we've seen in AEW, when they try to do these work shoot stories, it turns into, well, you couldn't draw and, and you're not interesting. Yeah. And this just felt like they were elevating each other. And it was... Punk saying, I'm the new American dream. And Cody saying, I'm the new CM Punk. You can read into it what you want. It was interesting. It gave them a motivation going into Rumble. I'm excited to see when they do actually interact with each other. But it gives you something down the road without tearing each other down business-wise where I, maybe I don't care about either guy. And we've seen that kind of run rampant on the other channel. Do you put these guys in one and two in the Rumble? I don't put I wouldn't put Punk in there for the whole 60 minutes or whatever it is. We don't know how long he's going to be able to hold up, but I think it's a tease that you have at some point. You've teased an interaction with Punk and Drew. You've teased an interaction with Punk and Cody. You've teased Cody and Nakamura. I think Gunther is a guy who's primed to potentially eliminate Cody since Cody eliminated him last year. One of the stories going into this is, yeah, who's going to eliminate Cody? How is he going to go out? And then it's how is how long is Punk going to be able to endure and who are your your final two. Um, I just got sent a message from, okay. Camille posted on Twitter. Um, this could be breaking news or it could be nothing, but it was sent to me by Ennis, my writer, uh, VPNs. Okay. All right. I have no idea what's going on here. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Everybody. Uh, all right. Uh, Kevin Patrick, according to, uh, Aaron Varble, is uh, out as the WWE SmackDown commentator. Uh, this has been a confirmed by the Wrestling Observer and PW Insider. And, <laughs> okay. And uh, the reason for his exit is, quote-unquote, it just isn't working out. Um, I didn't dislike Kevin Patrick's work. He, he just never stood out to me. But that's kind of what a good broadcaster in pro wrestling does, is, like, if you don't really notice them, they're probably doing a pretty decent job. It's when the the broadcasters get distracting is, is when I start to raise eyebrows. He faded into the background. He seemed to tell the story as well. The chemistry with him and Corey Graves that they built up over their podcast seemed to come through. They liked each other. It, it It's a surprising move, especially because I was surprised they put him in there in the first place, given that he does have an accent. And you kind of like that news anchor feeling of they could be anywhere. My personal hope is maybe this opens the door for Byron Saxton to come back in since I really enjoyed the work that he was doing. 
but I guess we will see uh, this week. They probably they didn't feel like having him handle the Rumble or handle WrestleMania, so now it's the time to put somebody else in there. It'll be it, they have not had luck in finding somebody to to take that lead commentator position. No, and you know, and Michael Cole, man, as years go on, he's just getting better, and people are really starting to get nostalgic for him. When Cole leaves, it's going to leave a huge hole at this point. You know, he went from being somebody that fans really just didn't like for whatever reason to, I feel like, almost canonized these days. I don't know if it's just because his work is good or everybody feels bad for all the stuff that they've heard Vince put him through, but very beloved. Very, very beloved. Well, it's once he was no longer had Vince in his ear. I think people first realized that they point back to that Japan show, the, the Brock Lesnar, Kofi, I think, in Japan met show where Vince was not in his ear and Cole was calling the matches like wrestling matches, as opposed to having to be an airline traffic cop and getting you from break to break. And, and we got to go to this role and we got to get to this ad and, you know, hit this moment for later on in the show. So uh, this Camille story, I keep getting pinged about, and you guys are welcome to look into this here. We're, we're short on time, but I guess she's getting into it with somebody from the NWA over them, encouraging people to get VPNs to access NWA power. I don't know what's going on there. I'll look into it. Uh, lastly, here in our WWE block, 2K24, uh, the full rollout came yesterday. There were these beautiful cover uh, photos or cover art for each of the editions uh, of the game. And one of them, the 40 years of WrestleMania image, uh, a, a fan saw that Steve Austin had four fingers, saw there was some warping on John Cena's T-shirt design, also noticed Hulk Hogan was actually a part of the cover. That was a joke. But basically saying these look like AI-generated images here. This isn't something that was done by humans. Well, uh, that is apparently not true, as 2K24 uh, cover artist, um, make sure Jonathan Bartlett, uh, took to Twitter and let everybody know, no, this is actually something I did. This was not an AI-generated thing and really took issue with the idea that now that AI and these, you know, going and you can make these images so easily in these little bots or whatever, it's making it difficult for real graphic designers to have their work appreciated because now it's even easier to just get nitpicky and just, you know, accuse something that somebody worked very, very hard on of being something that was just generated by by a robot algorithm. I thought it was interesting. We're going to see more of this stuff in years to come. I think we are. I think WWE has has always sort of hired, whether it was internal graphics people or outside artists that they've used to celebrate. It would have shocked me if they used an AI-generated graphic here for it. I, I don't know if it was a compliment or an insult to say that they thought it looked AI-generated. I saw it briefly. It looked like a cool image, but... I didn't, you know, look the same way people were looking for Okada's translator. Yeah, there you go. All right. Lastly here, uh, we have one AEW item and we started talking about uh, content rights. Well, in talking about content rights, um, the latest on AEW's content rights, Andrew Zarian saying that AEW could become a cable streaming hybrid show, like how the NBA simulcasts on Max and TNT. So you'd be able to watch Dynamite on Max and then also on TBS. This sounds like if it happens, it would be wonderful for AEW, and i'm sure tony khan is breathing a sigh of relief this morning that wwe has landed anywhere other than warner brothers discovery so now the ball is in their court we'll see what's going to happen with AEW's rights it wouldn't shock me at this point if that's what max wants to do so that they have some sort of live weekly streaming sports style show to to drive an audience to and the advantage that they have is that's something they could do now they don't have to wait until 2025. They could steal WWE's thunder and dynamite can be the very first wrestling show being streamed 
on a major platform. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, hey, that brings us to the end of the show here today. Thank you all so much for tuning in on X and on YouTube. If you like the show, you can find us on all your podcast platforms. Uh, leave us a nice review, nice comment. Uh, they are always appreciated. Uh, I am at I am at Nick underscore Hausman. You can find me over at HouseOfWrestling.com. And I'm Robert Corpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.